Hi, welcome to Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. Tonight we'll be talking about social media kings into queens. I'm Jan, and I'm with... Ren. And MC. Every year, or every season, I should say, we always have a makeup challenge, so this week it was our, this will be our makeup challenge. So we started out uh, with our, our post-double Shantae, with Eureka and Cameron both having pulled it out, like, pretty fiercely, so... But you know yeah. what? No, it was all about Aquaria and how Aquaria could not advance to the to the top five because these two bitches were still here. And I'm like, girl, really? I feel like I was on my other podcast because I just kept on writing shut up, shut up, shut up all over the place, which usually just happens on the Buffy podcast. But today I was just saying, shut up, Aquaria. Like, seriously, has she not seen this show? There is always a double Shantae or a queen coming back. That's how it works. Yeah. And every once in a while we'll get a double uh, sachet, but rarely. So... I mean, people have to be really bad to do that. But yeah, we usually get like one save. And how dare it be? Oh, well, if this was the save for the, the, the year, how dare it not be for me? Like, I'm sorry. Is there a special like, you know, little box that says Aquaria gets all the goodies and none of the shit? Well, we'll talk about that because there might be that might be true, but not in this case. And I mean, here is what drives me up the wall about that. Aquaria hasn't had to lip sync yet. So she's worried about the fact that, oh, well, I'm not going to get a sh- double Shantae because you guys used it up. It's going to, it's the top six. It's going to be the top five. It's actually really rare that they should have a double Shantae at this point. So you probably were not going to be saved by one since you got to here without lip syncing at all. So just shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. And I think, you know, Rue, it's always down to Rue's discretion. And I thought, Honestly, this week, they both were wonderfully fierce. And I think, you know, I've seen some complaints on social media that Eureka should have gone. But I think she she pulled it out just as much as Cameron did. And I think Rue has a slightly soft spot in her heart for Eureka also, which I don't mind because I really like Eureka. And I, th- I, I would like to see a big girl, like, at least get top three, if not win for a change. But she pulled it out. She really did all the all the stuff. And so I don't see why she shouldn't have been saved. And Cameron was fierce. If nothing else, Cameron is a lip sync assassin. Yeah, they're both fierce. And Asia was completely right in, in calling out Aquaria and, and saying, girl, you're being so narcissistic. It's not all about you. Yeah, I was like standing on my feet applauding because, you know, Asia, I think, has the maturity that nobody else has or at least more than anybody else and there she was like being like the tough love mom and correctly aquaria just shut up you know she aquaria was showing her age but it was still rude and obnoxious and totally me 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 which unfortunately is one of aquaria's traits that drives me up the freaking wall i think she's she's improved since the beginning but there's still way too much of that going on asia was everything it when she was talking to aquaria in person and in her talking head like when she's going to take a drink and she's like i'm not done i need <laughs> yeah. to keep talking yeah and she pointed out like very you know truly like you know i think your perception of drag race dra- your perception of drag is only what you've seen on drag race and like to me it's like where's the lie in that it's like aquaria has this very narrow even if she's like big on the new york scene she's still if that's still a small pond even if it's a maybe a larger pond than some other parts around the country. I would think like LA is probably as big, if not bigger than New York, but it's still a microcosm and it's still, you know, there's, there's more to it than just the show. One of the things I think drag race has taught me, and I think it's taught a lot of people in, you know, the drag community is that, and I, and somebody else has said it too. It's like, you know, it's a family. And even if you're like competing against people, you're still going to have to work with these people in future. You're still going to be interacting with these people in future. And it's a family and it's, it's, it should, there should be a camaraderie, not that like all out, how dare you screw up my chance of winning because RuPaul actually liked you enough to let you stay, you know, unless somebody does something egregious, just Aquaria, shut up and sit down and listen. And Eureka and Cameron were both extremely happy to have, have made it through. And obviously we're seeing their friendship and we said, you know, we'll be seeing more of that in Untucked or whatever, because they're the two Tennesseans and they, they've bonded. And I think that's really nice. I also think they're the only two smokers, aren't they? No, no, Cracker. Cracker well. smokes too. Oh, really? I, yeah, and when we Untucked, I, I was that. surprised all of a sudden I, I saw Cracker yeah. pulled out a cigarette. So Yeah, because I know sometimes that's how some of the queens bond. And certainly we've seen uh, Cameron and uh, Eureka go out a lot to, to smoke during Untucked. Right. I know that's actually how Alaska talks happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't smoke, but I have friends who smoked. My mom used to smoke. And I know, like, when we used to do doll shows and stuff, that's how my, my mom used to make 
make all sorts of friends because she would go out for a cigarette and, you know, people just like hang out and start chatting. And the next thing you know, they're their best friends or they're coming to your house for dinner. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and also I think it's because they're both from Tennessee as compared to there's so there were so many New Yorkers. There's now down to three. We've got Monet. Cracker and Aquaria. Then you've got the lone Texan who's Asia. And Eureka even said that, you know, she didn't want the New York Queens to walk away with it, like, in the top three, like, have them, having them all be from New York. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's fine. And I think Eureka's trying real hard. I mean, yeah, I can see how can she, she can be frustrating sometimes, but she deserved it. Cameron deserved it. And Aquaria needs to be quiet because her sense of self is, like, so beyond the pale at times yeah and Monet was a little bit frustrated with what was going on also and she kind of mailed off then we got introduced to our or at least told that our special guests for the week are going to be uh, Miles Heiser who I guess is from 13 Reasons Why which I've not seen oh don't yeah we won't go there but I kept thinking of him as Draco Malfoy because he would be the perfect Draco Malfoy he kind of looked it yeah he really did (laughs) yeah and Lizzo who I considering our lip sync uh, for your life she's a singer and again i'm showing my age because i had not heard of her yeah me neither but she was really cute i, I like you know her her look yeah she, she had a fierce look yeah yeah so i mean my notes say here i am old and i have no idea who these people are yeah. <laughs> I, and personality wise i also really liked her like uh flirting with uh, cameron's contestant yeah and 13, 13 reasons why boy was just dull as dishwater so then we got to a new day in the workroom and i will give major props to asia because aquaria actually listened to her and turned around and attempted to apologize uh which you know i'll give aquaria points for that i was distracted by the flock of seagull hairdo though <laughs> yeah and it wasn't a good apology no but i i, I it was the, the best we've seen aquaria attempt it so yeah I'll give her points for at least real listening and taking in something. I was distracted by Aquarius shirt because <laughs> I was actually living for that shirt. Because actually, uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier did a shirt like that for the uh, Japanese musician Hyde. And this looks like it was a knockoff of that. And I love Hyde and I love that shirt. So it's like every time like Aqu- Aquaria was wearing that, I was like, oh, it just kind of gave me warm feelings. And actually Aww. it's a very lovely shirt. Yeah, I was just like, you know, is Aquaria actually know like the reference for his hair? Or is it just something, you know, he saw in a picture and it's like no clue what Flock of Seagulls is because I'm pretty sure they were around before Aquaria was born. In fact, I know they were. So <laughs> They were, yeah, because he was born in 1996. So yeah, they, you know, Flock of Seagulls were dead already, so... Yeah, I mean, it could have been Sue Catwoman, but that's even farther back than even Flock of Seagulls, because that would have been like 20 years before Aquarius was born. So then Rue came in and was talking about uh, the mini challenge, which is going to be to be the super macho character and to sell the body spray trade. Which is really, it was really funny, though, that he was trying to be really butch and sell trade. (laughs) He's wearing this ultra flowery suit. Yeah, (laughs) it's just like it was really kind of a nice contrast there. That you really notice how the show has evolved over the years because you remember how they read Alaska for filth for doing boy drag. And yeah. even when they, when Milk was dressed in like as a woman but had a beard and they read Milk for filth. And now they're just like, here, we're going to dress you up as boys. Cameron had sort of the beardy thing when they did the three look ball challenge in, in terms of her winter look um and nobody clocked her on having like the ice beard so yeah things have kind of changed and i think even though it's drag it's, it's still drag queens i think there's still a little bit more blending and gender blending than we had in the past it's not all feminine presentation all the time which right you know especially with the, now the lack of padding and lack of boobs which we see a lot especially with somebody like aquaria drag has evolved and that's cool in a way i i personally i made a note that i really liked rupaul's merkin joke oh yeah <laughs> a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush but a wig in the bush would be a merkin don't but don't google that yeah well i didn't have to which probably says a lot about me <laughs> possibly yeah so we started out with cameron and cameron was wearing a hard hat and had a, a tied plaid shirt and extremely tight shorts. Well, he didn't have he didn't have to do much to to look butch, you know. Yeah, yeah. He just needed to look like Cameron, which is actually I think I think Cameron looked the best. But I think because of the the lack of effort, I don't want to say that Cameron didn't try hard. But considering Cameron didn't have to try as hard as the other queens to look like trade. I think that might have actually cost her. Yeah, um, and then we had Aquaria, um, which... And what the freak was that? (laughs) I don't know. know. It was like some bad Warner Brothers cartoon version of, like, you know, like a suave... 
Yeah, Rail. she looked like think. Gomez Adams' younger cousin or something. Yes. Yeah, I was like, what is this with the red eyeshadow and a pencil mustache and a fedora? What is this? I can't even. Yeah, I, I don't know what that was, but it was not a male presentation. I, I don't know what it's it was. Like, has a actually not seen actually heterosexual men? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, considering, considering her age, maybe not. I don't know. I, I Last I checked, there were some, like, you know, not metrosexual men in New York City, but... <laughs> In theory, but apparently not in her neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it, that was not a butch look at all. And like I said, no, the, no, the, no, no, the, no, especially no. with the red eyeshadow. I mean, the pencil mustache. Show, if he, if she tried to go to something more like forties ish, I don't know why. But if they were trying to do more vintage aesthetic, maybe. But mm. I, I don't know. I, it was a mess, a hot mess, hot mess. Uh, then we got Monet being all beardy and ginger, which I just, I, I love Monet, so I thought it was like funny as fuck. So. I, I I thought she, she looked really good, but she like her personality just will not allow her to butch it up. She kept on having the problems of popping the hips and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was like she, she she can't help but be girly. Yeah, so that but it was cute. I thought that was and and was. Rue obviously was amused too because Rue kept pointing out the the hip popping and just like you're you're twisting your hip again. It's like oops, I guess I'm just not that macho. Then we had Eureka, who I I just thought was a scream. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the hair, the the, the mullet, the chest hair, the the overalls, the voice. No offense to Eureka, like seriously, no shade at all. She looked like Chris Farley in an SNL sketch. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. See, yeah. I said she looked like Meatloaf. Meatloaf also works. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, just like Meatloaf in like his seventies, and then also just the, when he, when Eureka really lowered her voice, she sounded. Like, I mean, it's not a shock, but she sounded just like Elvis. So because oh, yeah, yeah, it was just like the real deep y'all southern drawl thing. Sorry. Sorry, people from the South, I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) But yeah, not a bit like Cagney. Uh, But I thought Eureka was a scream, and and I thought she pulled it off. Um, And Asia, again, I put down Asia isn't butch at all. Um, No. Yeah. No, um, don't don't forget Cracker. Cracker was kind of a nice Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, sorry, I I skipped over. Yeah, Cracker reminded me, and I can't remember the name of the character from The Simpsons. Is it Cletus? Um, It's one of their- Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel? Yeah. Because like with the with the heavy unibrow and sort of the the, the overalls and the, the the five o'clock shadow, yeah, it just kind of gave me that Cletus kind of visually the Cletus vibes. So. Yeah. it was kind of funny. Yeah, and Cracker, Cracker like Aquaria suffers from being extremely small too, so that doesn't help in terms of trying to be like big strapping yeah. macho dude. So Eureka won the mini challenge, and I would say deservedly so. And also, again, funny as fuck the whole um, BJ. I'm a jokester. <laughs> Because I'm a jokester? Yes. <laughs> Y'all. Uh, so then we went to our maxi challenge, which was the making these social media kings into queens. And uh, Eureka was given the task to pair everyone up with the people who were there. And the and again, I other than uh, Frankie Grande Latte, I got it right. Um, Yay. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know any of these people. Again, showing my age. I knew Kingsley from Gifts on Tumblr. Okay. That's kind of it. Yeah, so the people we had were, and I should have looked up what they do, actually, but we had Tyler Oakley, Chester C., Kingsley, Anthony Padilla, Raymond Braun, and then Frankie Grande Latte. And I mostly know a Frankie from um, a couple of the gossip sites that I follow, uh, mainly delisted, uh, because I know partially from being uh, Ariana's brother, but also, I guess, every once in a while he would pop up in one of the, the posts there. But I do have to say, I think this was an easier makeover challenge than usual, because usually they're doing, like, butch guys like they did like the soldiers and they did like um when they did the pregnant guys like they were all like really heterosexual men And, men. and this it was odd when they pointed out that one of them was uh heterosexual actually two of them are so two of them were but yeah. i mean but they but when it when it was pointed out that the queen was taken aback and I have to say, like, and again, this is no shade. These guys were a bit twinkier. Yeah, you know, you're right. a bit more, a bit more femme than the usual guys that they make over, which kind of gives a little bit of an advantage. As the joke went on later, Eureka picked Frankie because she was already halfway in drag. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is you know it's fine. Um, so the the way the the pairings got set up was Tyler Oakley went with Monet, uh, Chester C went with Cracker, 
And Chester is one of the two straight guys. Um, Kingsley with Aquaria. Anthony Padilla, who's also straight with Cameron. Uh, Raymond Braun with Asia. And then Frankie Grande with Eureka. I got the impression Eureka kind of wanted to fuck Frankie. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, just a Espe- little. Especially when she saw the size of his balls. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was an interesting bit on yeah, of discussion. Well, but there. but it's also very much Eureka because Eureka all season has been like, oh look at that! I want that now. I want that now. I want to eat that now. You know, whether it's food or men, yeah, that's how she rolls. Yeah, you know? Eureka's pretty thirsty. Yeah, I yes. would actually be very happy if at the reunion. Eureka's like, yeah, I'm dating Frankie now. <laughs> that would actually be adorable. <laughs> That'd be cute. We talked about in the past, you know, the queens are sequestered for like weeks and weeks on end and only get to see each other and aren't even allowed to like fraternize with one another after they get leave the stage. So it's got to be really tough. So when they are so hungry for Dick, that's where the whole um, Jinx Ivy Winters crush came from. It was a friendship that was just like, I am so hungry for for Dick that I'm going to crush on you. (laughs) So Eureka yeah, admitted that uh, she was being strategic and kind of shady. And, you know, she gave Aquaria Kingsley because it was a disadvantage. Oh, she hoped it was a disadvantage. She, yeah, she said she hoped it was a disadvantage. Yeah, Monet immediately thought that Frankie was a bad choice for uh, Eureka because I guess they're both very big personalities. And Monet at least thought that was not going to work too well. So the, the whole point of this challenge was strong drag family resemblance, which we will then talk about as it goes through. Everybody met their partners and Asia and Raymond kind of like connected immediately. Um, and Raymond, and again, like we were talking about, some people are really like super macho when they come on and they may not know the show. Raymond mentioned that, you know, he watches Drag Race and, and knows it really well. So he was so excited to be there. So again, that's a little bit of an advantage. Even if you haven't done drag, if you know the show and you kind of know what's expected, I think that that's a leg up. It yeah. is, but then he picked out the coat. Then he picked out that coat. Right. And it's just like, Oh, shit, I have to make a coat like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so but, glad she did because oh, yeah. I was living for that coat. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. excellent. I mean, and everybody pointed out, and the judges pointed out later, that Asia's coat was nicer. But considering how much time she probably had to put that coat together, it looked damn good. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I was watching this with our friend Andy, and I was like, I want that coat so I can wear it Saturday night at a convention with oh, yeah. cutoffs and a tank top underneath it. Yeah. Like, it that would a- look fabulous. Raven had excellent taste because I love that coat, too. And then uh, Monet and Tyler bonded immediately. They were cute. I liked them. Yeah. And, in fact, well, we'll talk about it later, but... Monet and Tyler are still friends, and they've done some stuff since then, so it's actually very sweet. And um, Tyler, again, Tyler mentioned that even though he hasn't done full drag, he's actually had his face painted. So, again, it's a little bit more aware of drag and and, and drag aesthetics and stuff. So, again, leg up, which... So it is an easier challenge for, for most of them. And immediately Monet came up with the name Short Change, which was pretty funny and very, very clever because Monet is a clever queen. And, and Tyler's really short. So, yeah. 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 And, and Tyler was adorable. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, I just wanted to like throw my arms around. He was like such a cute little like nerdy glassy hobbit that I just loved him immediately. So. <laughs> I'm really glad they decided to work glasses into the runway because you oh, barely too. see glasses on a runway. Right. And, and for those of us who can't see us, all three of us wear glasses. So we are like definitely the specky squad here. And yay. No, but it worked. <laughs> it looked really good. And that was part of my arguments about Michelle's complaints later. Yeah. And Asia um, observed that there was a lot of laughing and joking around with Monet and Tyler, but not a lot of work done, which I think actually was an astute observation because I think that was part of the problem later on that they were they were joking and they were bonding which was great but monet wasn't doing enough work and monet has been clocked before and kind of being sloppy and cracker has mentioned that you know she'll pull something together five minutes before she actually goes out on stage when she's performing and i think that's still kind of a habit that she had there then we had cracker and chester and this is like it was interesting because he was straight and he really didn't know the show and he was terrified of tucking. Here, I am going to have probably my first complaint with Cracker ever. Okay. Okay. I was not pleased that Cracker heard ex-girlfriend and immediately went heterosexual guy. You could have an ex-girlfriend and not be heterosexual. I mean, granted, this guy right. was. Right. But right. still, I did not like the assumption. I yeah. mean, maybe it was the editing, but... No, and I, I think... 
Cracker was also trying to be a little cutesy, like, you know, usually you meet somebody and you find they're gay. Oh, you're a homosexual. Whereas I think Cracker was kind of being snarky. But yeah, I agree with you because we don't know. He still could have come out since then or he could be bi. It could be all sorts of things. So yeah, it was it was kind of crappy editing. And I hope that wasn't all where Cracker was going. I thought it was fairly funny, just like, again, editing. But when Cracker was explaining tucking and the look on Chester's face was kind oh, of he was, he, Yeah, he, he was like, oh, you what? No, no, you're not. No, uh-uh. You don't really. Cracker revealed in Review with the Jew that apparently Cracker went on a big speech about the history of drag and how drag queens are kind of ambassadors and the producers were like uh i don't think we could put any of this in because you're getting really deep but cracker's like but i'm gonna say this anyways because i need my guy to actually understand this stuff so that he can really get what he's doing and i think it worked out for her so oh definitely and i I think it's hard sometimes on the show because it's like the same thing was in the past with sasha i mean some of the queens are you know very kind of goofy and just like surfacy Sasha was very cerebral and I think Cracker is very cerebral in a different way. So I think, yeah, she needs to, it's part of her process. And sometimes she thinks too hard, but it's good that she actually explained, especially to somebody who was clearly such a neophyte to drag that he had no clue. And I don't think the, when the, you know, Cracker was explaining tucking, I don't think that was like a put on when Chester suddenly like freaked, not freaked, but certainly looked concerned. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're doing what to my junk? Again, yeah, it worked. And I think, you know, Cracker... Cracker's a good ambassador. I love Cracker. Then Frankie and, and Eureka were just like the cutest little things together and they were just having a ball. Frankie Grande reminds me so much of Cynthia Lee Fontaine. It's oh, scary. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You're right. Yeah. That's a good... Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but other than the cuckoo, yes. And Frankie also said he's done drag, including on, on stage. So again, clear advantage. Just that he knows he knows his way around in terms of strategy it was real smart on eureka's part because eureka knew who she could work with people are trying to paint eureka as really shady but the thing is aquaria got read by rue for being nice last week and i think aquaria even mentions it in either in this or in untucked i can't remember yeah she mentions it in the episode yeah yeah because she said she didn't actually fault eureka for doing what she did because she was right and i and i think in both untucked and in this episode because eureka mentions it too that rue actually clocked aquaria for being too nice and not strategy and eureka was like that's not going to be me i listened to rue and rue told me to do this so therefore i'm doing it uh, because it's the line Rue said last week, which is true. Do you want to be nice? Do you want to be friends with them? Or do you want to win? When we get down to it, this is a competition. And there's $100,000 and all sorts of stuff involved with it. So, yeah. This isn't RuPaul's best friend race. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, as much as I, I like, I don't like the drama. And I don't like, you know, people cutting each other's throats or getting, you know, getting at each other for no reason. Sometimes you have to, like, cut throats if you're going to get yourself ahead. So There's a difference between between being an asshole and playing the game right right and i think that's something that when people have done things like let's say you know alaska in all stars 2 when the friendship goes ahead of strategy that's when we get frustrated so yeah eureka was doing a good job then we saw cameron and anthony and anthony is also straight and his girlfriend knew the show really well i felt so sorry for cameron because cameron seemed to he was almost afraid of anthony because anthony was was straight and, and cameron was like oh my god, I'm going to get bullied. And it's like, oh, darling, please no. You could see Cameron shut down, and it was yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah, you just saw like the curtain go bam. And it, it, and then when we got to the cutaway and Cameron explained what was going on, my heart broke for him because it's shitty. But I, I mean, I would like to think, I would hope that when the producers are screening people to see who are going to come on to do this kind of makeover thing, they would not pull out some homophobic, you know, asshole to work with one of the queens, unless there was a reason for it, you know? So I would think that they at least, the people who come in on the show were aware of who and what they were working with and what was going to happen. I, I, my heart broke for Cameron, but also in my head, I was like, Cameron, he would not have agreed to come on the show to dress up in drag by a, a, a gay person if they had any problem with it right yeah so i mean it was self-sabotaging and it was just oh it hurt yeah and and at least i'll I'll give cameron props because cameron warmed up to anthony by the time we were done everything was okay but yeah you you just see like the the visceral reaction and that was sad because 
you know, we've, we've got a long way to go uh, before people can just accept each other and not have to worry about this kind of stuff. You know, and I think Cameron also mentioned that one of the ways that he got past the bullying was to start working out and to kind of like buff up and stuff because he didn't, he felt weak and he felt vulnerable otherwise. So, but there's also, you know, because the boy, his boyfriend at the time was like, let's go to the gym. Let's do this. Yeah. And so he was trying to, you know, please his boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so then we got to Aquarian Kingsley and I, I, Boring. I just put down and they bonded. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see much of that going on. Um, I will say Kingsley is adorable. He's a good oh, yeah. He's cute. Young yeah. Man. In or out of drag. So I was like, hello. And then we had a bit of like everybody trying on heels. Uh, so we saw Raymond in heels and Tyler in heels and lots of heels, heels and more heels. Which was like, okay, expected, not interesting. Uh, then Rue finally arrived to into the workroom to dispense wisdom. Rue was so enthusiastic. Yeah, I, I've never seen Rue or I don't remember seeing Rue this enthusiastic in a long time. He was just like having a ball. <laughs> Yeah, I actually saw some people online being, it's like, is Rue on something? Like, (laughs) seriously, she's really happy. Yeah, and and she was, I think she was pointing out a lot of positive, that's point too, with people. When Rue actually is engaged, Rue comes up with a lot of good wisdom and stuff. So, found out that Chester had never been in heels either, uh, but he was willing to try. So, good on Chester, you know. Uh, and again, I'm sure they screen people because they wouldn't be like, oh, I'll be on your show. But no, I'm not. You're putting on ladies clothes and no, I'm not wearing heels. And, you know, you have to know some, have some idea of what they're doing. And then Monet and Tyler talked a lot about uh, social media and Rue asked about being on social media. And then we got a no pussycat wig dictum. Again. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> when it was a promise, you know, Monet was like, yeah, no pussycat wigs this time. And, and you know, Paul's very much like, yes, finally. Yeah, and that, that wig was gorgeous, but, uh, you know, Monet was just like, I don't understand why Rue hates my pussycat wigs. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of like, you know, it's it's something Monet likes. It's part of Monet's aesthetic. But. Yeah, I also, I just don't understand why Rue is so tough on the pussycat wigs, considering that fucking loaf is still around. And we've had other queens who, like, tend to wear short hair at times. So yeah. I, I don't know. Kennedy was big on pussycat wigs, too, wasn't she? Or Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we went to Cameron and Anthony, and Cameron was being very self-effacing because they were, Rue was kind of flirting with Anthony, but it seemed like things had calmed down a little bit because that's when Anthony decided to dub himself Kelly Michaels, which warmed up Cameron. And then Cameron was learning about Anthony and, and realizing that not all straight men are, you know, intimidating. Some of them were actually willing to learn. Yeah, so she was feeling actually better about things, you know, by the time Rue came along. Asia and Raymond were talking about shoes, and they started talking about expandable shoes and how to, to start out and... You know, wearing heels, which... And, and Rue broke the fourth wall. Let's you know, point out to that to the camera crew and stuff that, that, you know, yeah, if you're going to wear, start off and drag, you know, do the expandable shoe thing. And it's like, oh, great. Excellent. <laughs> it's always good to, to learn new tricks of the trade. All right. Then Eureka was talking about how Frankie's over the top and proportionizing. Rue talked to Eureka also about, you know, did you have a strategy? And Eureka was honest and said, yeah, I was trying to bring upon their demise. But Rue said, I wanted that. That's exactly how Rue wants people to play the, the game. And we got a little bit of a Tim Gunn make it work. So that was most of the, the, the workroom. I don't know if anybody had any other... Oh yeah, Aquarian Aquari- Kingsley, you have to mention, just because Rue pulled out an anti-mame quote. Oh yes, yes. Know, life, life is a banquet of more th- poor souls and starving to death. And then the crickets chirped because Aquarian Kingsley were like, what? <laughs> we are and so like, young. You know, so yeah, we don't get this thing. This this film was like you know made like you know sixty years ago. We don't understand it. Can I just point out that when I was younger than Aquaria, I knew who the frack Auntie Mame was, and I watched old films. And that's like you know that's part of your history. You should be watching old films and old TV shows and picking up all the old aesthetics too. Damn it, especially Rosalind Russell. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, Mame is like, you know, yet another one of those gay icons, as she should be. So. But yeah, um, and also Aquarius was overconfident again with Kingsley in terms of, oh, we're great. You know, I can do makeup and I can do this and I can do that and I'm going to win and I'm wonderful and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, I'm Aquarius and I can do no wrong because I know everything because my aesthetic is just perfect. I put the Vash and the Versace, you know, and I'm just magnificent. So, yes. <laughs> no, nothing really to say. Uh, yeah. The one thing I have to say at the end when Rue's like, oh, and one more thing. Here is the little twist in the the makeover challenge. This felt like such an afterthought. It, it was, was like, 
I need to advertise this song for my vi- for my album so people will buy it. I can make more hits on iTunes and Spotify and Pandora and wherever else, you know? Yeah, and oops, yeah. wait, we, we, we might need more time to, like, drag this thing out. So, let no pun intended, um, let's pad it a little bit. Let's make you make a video. Which, in the end, honestly, that video was really fun and cute, but it had absolutely nothing to do with the challenge. I don't think anybody... It was, it was in the, tr- the track. Yeah, and it was just people bouncing around and, yeah, having a good time. Nobody was bad. Nobody, I mean, we never even saw them working on it. There was no direction. It was just kind of like, you know, put on your camera and dance around to the song and have fun. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, you remember in like season three, I think it was, where they did like the cheerleading routine and when they had to do like with flags and when they had the, the military guys there in season five and I think one of them, did they have to do a striptease? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. Right. Oh, it was season four. They had to do a striptease. Yeah. Because they had to show how they got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was just, I, I think it was just like, oh, wait, we're, we're, we're short on time. Let's, let's do some filler. Wait, I have a track I can, I can push. It was silly. Let's get some free advertising for my song. Yeah. And honestly, we never saw anybody film anything, which was, I mean, I don't think we, until we saw the final version, there was like no connection to this other than the wait one more thing. So yeah, it was extraneous. Then Eureka was discussing the size of Frankie's balls. (laughs) I was like, must we? Well, but it wasn't discussing so much as drooling over. Yeah. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. Oh, yes. Well, I hope, you know, now that Eureka's on the road and, you know, in the midst of everything, I hope Eureka's hooked up with somebody and, you know, shagged her little heart out. Um, yeah, hooked up with somebody, many someone. <laughs> yes. Rue Girls, Rue Girls Pole. Yeah. You know, and I hope that she actually got to explore Frankie's nuts in, in, in a very uh, <laughs> more forthcoming way than was allowed on, on the show. Because I think she would have they would both have enjoyed that very much. Yeah. <laughs> and then we saw the queens. I mean, there was a little bit of workroom runway where they were just everybody kind of dancing around and prancing and working on their, their heels. Except for Cracker and Chester, who were very quietly doing their thing. They made it connection and cracker finally decided she deserves a win and she was gonna like go all out on this cracker was gonna go balls out even though we were just talking about frankie's balls um and i was really proud of cracker at that moment because she was like the fire was suddenly in her belly one interesting thing about this that was revealed in review with a jew is they were not allowed to let the the makeover victims but they weren't allowed to see themselves before they were done up completely. So. Oh, wow. That I didn't know. That that explains actually a little bit more later when, when Chester finally saw himself in the mirror. That makes sense. So then we got to Elimination Day and there was a lot of shaving and tweezing and, and putting on of makeup and spackling and beating of faces. Cracker was amazingly happy. You know, she, she let it, everything go and... Honestly, Miss Cookie looks fucking amazing. Cracker also paints people on YouTube. Okay. She, she does, She does like, painting tutorials. Or, not tutorials, but, like, here, let me paint this person. So, she was very comfortable with painting people. And even people that had not, like, done drag before. So, she was kind of in her element doing this. So. Yeah, you could see she was very comfortable. And, and you know, she kind of let got it, burst out of her shell in this episode, which made me very happy. And maybe... That's been part, you know, if this had been more partners than individual, maybe Cracker would have been, you know, a little less uptight uh, in past. But uh, I was really happy for her. And there wasn't a lot much else going on except for shaving and tweezing and joking around. And then it was time for the runway. And let me say, I loved Rue's black and red gown. Rue looked like Harley Quinn in a gown. And I love it. I'm living yeah. for it. Yeah, my, my one little niggle is I wasn't crazy about Rue's eyeshadow because it was like gold and green. For me, it didn't quite go with the dress, but... She should have gone with red and black. Yeah, or at least like yeah. a smokier eye. I just It was like very gold and very green, and she would like blink her eyes and it would just be like, one of these things is not like the other, but that dress mm-hmm. was everything, the hair was everything, everything else was perfect. And then her breaking up about Miss Vanjie was perfect. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, she didn't break up at Miss Vanjie. What happened is she broke up and then Michelle pulled out Miss Vanjie and then she started to do Miss Vanjie and walking backwards. And I'm like, oh, my God, we've reached peak Vanjie. Yeah. I don't 
think before this year, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember Rue breaking up in general on the show no. as much as she has this year, which is glorious. I love Rue's laugh. I love hearing like Rue's like honest to goodness belly laugh and the giddiness. It made me happy. But she seems to have like, you know, just decided Rue doesn't have to be serious all the time. Especially, you know, you've won a bunch of Emmys and you're like on the top of your game. Uh, and there was lots of Angieing going on. And then we got introduced. It was Michelle. It was Ross Michaels. It was uh, Draco. And it was Lizzo. Asia and America. Yes. Um, and I, my notes were they were wearing matching jackets and like matching like high boot, high black boots. And they had very similar hair. Um, but America's was shorter. It was more of a bob. And I don't remember what they were wearing with that. It was just a bodysuit. But they looked fabulous. The jacket was so gorgeous that I am willing to let go that it was a bodysuit with boots. Agreed. Yeah. And the fact that, that Asia was able to make a second jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in that limited amount of time. Yeah, and have it turn out to look as good as it did. It's like, go, oh, you go, girl. I thought they looked good. I mean, I'm not surprised at their placement. They looked gorgeous. They certainly certainly met the, the you know, what the challenge called for. They just looked fabulous. And Eureka was a little... We know that Eureka's strategy was also, like, not to put the African-American victim, as it were, with either of the African-American queens. Uh, but considering Asia was working with somebody who was white, I thought the family resemblance was really strong, and it worked yeah. really yeah. well. That was, it was a really beautiful job, so I was Im- very impressed by that. Then we had Eureka and Eureka. Seriously, Santi Alley. Yeah. She's Santi Alley, <laughs> without the cuckoo. Yeah, they were on point, they matched well, but it wasn't outstanding. It was cute. It was Eureka. This is kind of like what I expect from Eureka. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I know she's like, I'm making, you know, a tribute to 90s, you know, pageant queens. And it's like, yeah, still kind of ugly. Well, I mean, even if I think that was part part of the point, but yeah. And also, you know, again, with the loaf hair, but they did look, I mean, it was like, Eureka and her mini-me, she followed the challenge well enough. I mean, not winning, but definitely got the point of the challenge. And they, yeah. they had good chemistry, so I think they were having fun. Agreed. Then we had Aquaria and Capricia. And one of my notes was just as a little joke, because I'm a ba- Battlestar Galactica fan. I don't know why she wasn't called Caprica, just because all the, yeah. the planets were named after the Zodiac, and that was the Capricorn one. But what the fuck? But, you know, I'll, I'll say something nice. The colors matched. The colors match, and then when um, I think it was an Untucked and they were sitting next to one another, their makeup was almost identical. Yeah, Capricia's makeup was gorgeous. She and Aquaria had very matching makeup, but that was it. Everything else was a mess. Capricia looked much better in general than, than Aquaria, but there was no resemblance. Other, you know, the things that, that matched were the lip color and the colors in the costumes, but... <laughs> costumes themselves were like okay you're going to different things okay i hated capricia's costume yeah i i loathed it aquaria does not know how to sew i think aquaria admitted that in her meet the queens or or one of the intro videos it looked like a corset with a piece of fabric wrapped around it capricia looks like a walmart knockoff of aquarius couture and also it reminded me of like when you go to science fiction conventions or ren fairs and there's like somebody who's just getting into cosplay and hasn't really had a lot of experience and so they throw on a corset and they throw on either a pre-made skirt or again wrap a little bit of fabric just on the bottom and go around and that's like your first cosplay i've been that person so So have i (laughs) so no shame if it is your first cosplay but this is not a Aquarius first time on the runway and yeah. that wasn't the point of the challenge was drag family resemblance I yeah. saw their hair didn't match nothing it was completely yeah. hot mess and I'm pissed off because why was not that in the bottom but. Yeah, and Capricia just looked so awkward like yeah it, it did not look comfortable yeah and and as we pointed out you know Kingsley's a really good looking young man and he should have yeah. made a beautiful queen I mean none of these got none of the, the victims as there were were unattractive honestly they were all good looking guys but i don't know what it was i mean an aquarium had been lauding herself for being able to paint people and make everybody look so fabulous yeah the makeup was fine if you looked it up close but it was just hot mess and there was no narrative and the whole oh i'm a queen and she's my princess if she's a lady in waiting or she's supposed to be your princess your outfits at least should match it should be like bride and bridesmaid or bridesmaid and junior bridesmaid or flower girl there should have been there was no cohesion it was like all over the place and once again it feels like aquaria did not 
grasp what this challenge was about. So let's go to something better. Miss Cracker and Miss Cookie. Yay. Oh, oh my God. And the, the, the concept behind this was Miss Cracker's word, proud mother, dirty daughter. Oh, baby. Yes, yes, yes. It just carried right through. It was that the resemblance was there. Cookie was living. Michelle's remark about Cookie being Courtney started like was yeah, for the win because absolutely. There's just that, that very uh, young bimbo kind of hungry for it and, and like, you know, showing off all the assets and oh yes. To me, just the fact that, you know, extra points because Miss Cookie was a straight guy with a beard before this all started, right? And right. there she went full out and had, you know, it was like what Rue was saying earlier about letting your, you know, you can be, it's like when you're drunk, you don't know if you're going to be a mean drunk, you don't know if you're going to be a flirty drunk, you don't know if you're going to be like the party blah blah blah, but that was it, you know? She put on the paint, put on the wig, put on the clothes and she was living every minute of it and I loved it and, and as you said since we didn't see Cracker kind of given the whole history of drag and explanation that it seems to me like that was a psych up to getting into character and stuff too so like major major props to, to Cracker on that one then we had Monet and short change and I like the fact that the hair and the glasses were the same so basic though uh, they were cute, and I th- I thought the resemblance was better than the judges did. Yeah, but the yeah. reveal was weak, and the makeup was not great. And the problem was the outfits were the same color, but they weren't even the same style. I mean, they were both green, but they were totally different bodysuits. And yeah, I was sad because I love Monet, and it just felt like a half-assed. I know she was like going all out, especially on her own paint and her hair. Michelle was right that it's probably the most beautiful we've seen Monet to that point. But it it, it just from the neck down it did not work so. yeah well short chains just makeup also was not good the best yeah and, and it made me sad because they had a lot of chemistry together as people and i was hoping for more than what we got and also monet you know i i don't want monet to be sloppy because i like monet i wanted her to stick around more uh, then we got cameron and kelly and i felt it was like to me like a very like low rent production of mama mia or muriel's wedding it just like felt it was very abba-esque but in a very, like, let's go to the fabric store and buy, like, shiny fabric and whip up something in an hour, Abba. Yeah, it was very much Jiffy Pattern. Yeah. You know, do the, you know, take it out, you know, take it out and make this outfit kind of thing. And it was so disappointing. Yeah, I did not care for it. I thought the outfits were basic. They didn't have a good family resemblance. And the padding on Kelly was, don't think, there. Considering Cameron's aesthetic for herself, I was like disappointed because we know she can do better. Um, Kelly looked like a man in yeah. Uh, yeah. jumpsuit. Yeah, like I said, it felt like you know, like a, a, a Masonic Hall or like Knights of Columbus production of an ABBA show, where it's kind of like you know, hey kids, let's here's five bucks, let's go throw this together or for a talent show. And it was disappointing because I think it could have been better. And again, we know. Cameron has aesthetics when she wants them. Then we got to the critiques. Well, we did have the video, but right, right. Meh. the video was like yeah. there's nothing to say really, but I'll just acknowledge that it was there. Right, and yeah. and they all had fun doing it, obviously, but that was it. Like, Good for them, yeah. Yeah, like we I said, did like seeing Cracker twerk. Yes, it was funny. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, so, yeah, made you know some change by you know so that person buying the track because of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it, if, if it was supposed to be part of the challenge, if there was more to it, obviously it wound up on the cutting room floor, as it were, because we sure didn't see it. Yeah, have a video, the end. That's nice. So then we got to the critiques. The judges were pretty much just on point, I think, for the whole thing. Except you know, they, they, when it came to where they actually placed people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when they were talking about Aquarian Capricia, I mean, they said it was like the Queen of Hearts versus Little House on the Prairie, which is as pretty as, you know, much of a slam as you can get, and rightly so. And yeah, yeah, we ended up being safe, yeah. Yeah, uh, which doesn't make sense. And I I also disagreed with um, Michelle on Monet in short, because I thought there was a resemblance. It was shoddy, and the costumes were shoddy, but I saw at least with the hair and the glasses and stuff, there was was some attempt. It was... There was was a vague attempt. I think she just couldn't see the past the fact that they were wearing green. I was about to say, yeah, they're wearing, well, she literally said they're wearing green. Right. Enough said. Stop, Michelle. Green is a nice color. It can be. Shut up. So move on to Untucked. Yes, we'll move on to Untucked because we had, they went to their deliberations and we went to Untucked. So Aquarius was making excuses immediately. Yeah, I may have missed the mark, but I'm still looking amazing. And it's just like, okay, Miss Delusion. Shut up. (laughs) I cannot believe how neurotic Cracker is. 
Except oh. I can kind of believe it because Cracker knew how good the critiques were for her. But then she's like, if I win, it's going to be Cookie's win. And so I'm like, oh my God, you're so neurotic. I, I know that I know that Cracker actually grew up in Seattle, apparently. But to me, she's a New York Jew. And that's, yeah. it is yeah. such a, unfortunately, I, I, I do get it. I It frustrates me when I see other people like that. But I'm so used to like people in my life being like that. So yeah, I, I get it. And I just want to like shake her and hug her and say, Cracker, stop. You are awesome. And Cra- Cookie could not have looked as good as she did if you had not painted her and dressed her that way. She could not have pulled this off on her own. <laughs> you can say neurotic New York Jew. I can't. That's true. Well, that's because you're one of those evil Canadians that we, we can't talk to anymore. <laughs> yeah, stop messing up our trade. Yeah. Well, no, we had the trade earlier. Trade. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go that deep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Cracker was confident, but then she thinks Cookie is better. So, oh, Cracker, and, we love you. Oh, Monet. Monet is resigned, and yeah. I love her. Because she's yeah. like, I'm going to go home because this is my third time lip syncing. And she kind of, she's like, I'm going to fight, but this is it for me. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that. I, I love yeah. that she, she did that. Because I don't like people when they try to make up excuses, even though I think she could have found some. She's just like, I've had a really great time. Yeah, and and it hurt, but at least she was realistic about what what was going on. Um, then there was this the question of Eureka's dresses, and I don't know some bitching about the '90s aesthetic and whether it was ugly and what. And Eureka got defensive, and then interestingly, all the queens thought that Aquaria should be on the bottom. Which is like, why didn't the judges come up with that? I don't know. Honestly, except for a couple of little things, I thought this untucked was just sweet and fun, and I don't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah, and also I like the fact that you know, at one point they actually brought they at one point they took away all the the victims, the fashion victims, and then they brought them back again. And I love the fact that everybody got along so well with their partners, and the partners were like gushing about the queens that did them, and it was just, it was just it was it was very warm and fuzzy and mostly drama free except for a few stupid Aquarian things. So uh, on to the results, then. Yes, yes. on to the results. Um, first, we found out that Asia is safe as she should have been because you know she it, to me it's like she was like top one and a half. You know, she was just like it was fabulous. Yeah, uh, and Eureka was safe, which was fair uh and finally cracker wins finally finally Yay! finally Woo! i mean we, we've discussed that you know in the past and readily so that she got screwed you know she was robbed a couple of times but this time there was no question of how awesome cracker was. she deserves this win so much i just want to like hang it on my wall so cracker and cookie forever yay and then aquarium was in the bottom three along with but safe yeah along with cameron and monet and i just like Big letters. Why the fuck is she not in the bottom two? I don't know. I, I don't know why. I mean, there's just the obsession with Aquaria and her supposed looks and her supposed, like, the future of drag queens is just can't even. Yeah, I, I, it's beyond me. And obviously being, you know, a heterosexual woman-ish or bisexual woman here, not a drag queen. Um, being old. Yeah, and being old. Well, but Rue is our age. So yeah, but 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 yeah, and Michelle is already fashion forward. <laughs> they think yeah, they both think that fashion forward, and, and perhaps not as much as they are. Yeah, think they are. It, honestly, I think that Monet should have been safe, and that it should have been Aquaria and Cameron lip syncing. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I love Cameron, but this week she really made a mess of it, and I just I felt like Monet tried harder, and I just feel like again, Aquaria missed the mark of the entire challenge, and yet somehow is being given a cookie and a pat on the head, and allowed to to be safe when she shouldn't have been and yeah. um are their lip sync and i will say that monet and cameron both looked miserable they they were not happy they knew they deserved to be in the bottom but they yeah. were unhappy about it nonetheless though i do have to say about this lip sync i think they were both great yes yeah this was a great lip sync with both of them it's just cam was just a tiny bit better and i think the numbers were against monet right so yeah yeah, which is a shame because I, I put that to it. Just, I, I, they were both really good. I don't know because they were both really fierce. They were funny. Um, they were into it. And I do think that Cameron's lip sync assassin. I mean, she's so far oh, two yeah. for two. And I've seen her just like on her on Instagram on some of her stories. She'll just like be in her room getting ready and she'll start lip syncing. And she's always on point. So not that Monet is sloppy. Monet is awesome too. So. And Monet also loses some points for breaking lights because yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you yeah. don't break the stage. 
Yeah, and, and it was funny because when she, like, walked off and the line was, you know, something about going out the door, and Rue, the look on Rue's face was like, what the fuck? Because she thought, I think she thought Monet was leaving and giving up, and then she just came in and did that slide into the lights. It was it was impressive. So. Apparently, everybody was thinking that. Cracker yeah. mentioned that on uh, Review with a Jew, that she's like, oh my god, is she giving up? No, it's Monet, and she's being Monet! Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, that, that was gorgeous, and, and Monet is somebody who definitely knows how to work the stage and work the audience. Unfortunately, Monet got was told to sashay away, and as I mentioned before, on uh, social media, right after the episode aired, Monet actually posted a picture of herself and short change, but they were wearing matching latex outfits in, like, pink and blue, and Ooh. it was it was fabulous. I'll, I'll find it, and maybe we can, like, put it up on the website. Um, and Monet admitted that this is what she should have done, and she kind of didn't, you know, but they're still friends, they're still doing stuff, and I give Monet a lot of props just for being Monet and being awesome and learning you know and she said it's been a really good experience for her and it got her a lot more exposure so she's not hurting for work Monet did a, a, a paint of Tyler on on, on his on his uh, YouTube channel recently and they just showed that and it, it turned out really fabulous so oh okay yeah and also um, as soon as this episode hit Monet also released a single but the video is absolutely awesome and Bob the drag queen is in that because that's Monet's uh, drag sister Monique Hart also has a cameo in it all of the queens this season have been really good with as soon as they're eliminated coming out with a video and yeah. I I, bl- I believe Trixie Mattel actually did a video on how to handle being on Drag Race. Um, I believe it was part of, uh, so I, and basically said like when you're announced to be on Drag Race, if you don't have merch, you're already behind and you need to have like your video and everything ready for to launch like as soon as the show's on. So I think, yeah, people have seen that kind of stuff and kind of followed through with that. Cause actually a lot of the Queens like Dusty Blair. Yeah. There, there have been a lot of Queens who have come out with singles already. Yeah. All right. The name of the single is, cause I just looked it up. You would find it on YouTube under Monet's name. It's called soak it up featuring Bob, the drag queen. And it's visually it's absolutely beautiful. And Monet knows how to laugh at herself and how to like, you know, work that, work that sponge dress and everything else involved in it. So it's a lot of fun. And um, Monet also has a podcast that I really need to listen to with Bob called sibling rivalry, which is supposed to be funny as hell. And they just kind of, the two of them together, just getting keep, you know, they, they just shoot the shit together and it's, it's adorable. So I, I'm, I think it's great. So yeah, Monet sashayed away, and I, I was sad because I, I I love her, but I'm hoping to you know catch her performance or something in the near future because she just seems like I, I can't even imagine what she'd be like live on stage. She must be like fabulous. Mm. So next week uh, we are going to be doing there's a challenge with my evil twin, and the judges will be Lena Dunham and Ashanti, and yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah. well, we'll talk about Lena Dunham next week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but for, for, for now, let's do a Charisma Unique list. Yes. Yes. But I just wanted to say, so yeah. So for the week, uh, Charisma. Uh, Miss Cookie. <laughs> Miss Cookie. Miss Cookie. You can have Vangie all you want, but I'm going to be Cookie, Cookie. Cookie, Cookie, let me your comb. <laughs> okay. And Uniqueness. I, I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, everybody went kind of like into a very safe, their own space. Safe zone, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the, you know, yeah. <laughs> so nobody was that unique this week. Nerve, um, unfortunately. Aquaria. Aquaria and again. attitude. Yeah, you know. Uh, the attitude. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just STFU. Some people miss congeniality. Aquarius miss chutzpah as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and talent. I'm going to give it to Asia for whipping oh, yeah. up that damn jacket yes. in however little time they had and making it look so fucking good. So, oh yeah, agreed. And yes. also Cracker just for getting pulling Cookie out and getting that making it a win. So, well, I, I think Cracker can also share charisma because that charisma doesn't exist if Cracker doesn't pull it out. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, as much as Cracker wants to sort of like you know say no, no, it's not me. It's all her bullshit. You know. <laughs> You know, we know people who, who costume, we know people who do makeup and it's like, yeah, you're just a model. And, you know, the person who's actually painting you, dressing you, helping you get your shit together. It's their talent, too. It's all it's their aesthetic working with you unless you're doing it yourself. So, yeah. So, yes. So next week we've got my evil twin. So until then, this is Jan and Ren 
and MC. Bye. Bye. Bye.